The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's up, sons and daughters? It is Sam Jesse, and I am here on the Hokeball Show with the the esteemed baseball beat reporter, writer, and aficionado of Virginia Tech baseball for the Tech Sideline, Chris Hirons. Chris, happy to have you on again, man. Thank you so much for doing this, and I'm glad we get to talk about some winning baseball. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, reaching out. So... Let's just kind of catch everyone up with what's happening. We're going to talk about the two midweek games against VMI in the two ACC series against the Pitt Panthers and the UVA Cavaliers. The Hokies right now, to catch you up, sitting at 17-10 and 10 overall, 4-8 and eight in the ACC. Still unranked nationally, but a big jump in the overall RPI, according to D1 Baseball, now sitting at number 32 in the country. For a quick rundown on that, the Hokies are 3-6 and six against teams in the top 25 of the RPI. That includes UVA, Miami, and Boston College. Uh, no games played against 26 through 50. For 51 through 100, they have that 3-0 sweep against the Charlotte 49ers. 7-4 against teams 100 to 200, and 4-0 against teams 200+. plus. So a couple of, if I look at their resume so far, We'll talk about the Pittsburgh series, but so far that kind of seems to be the only blemish on this, you know, season so far is the the series lost to Pitt because Boston yeah. College looks pretty good. Yeah, I mean Boston College is legit. I and I think they showed you that you know they're probably they are. I mean their lineup's not as good as Tech's was last year, but they might be the Virginia Tech of 2023 of what Tech was last year. Um, you know, you go back to that series and. Their pitching was really, really good. Um, their hitting, they had some timely hits. But, I mean, even though you lost two to Boston College, they're going to be one of the best teams in the nation going into the tournament. Not a huge deal. The the Pittsburgh series, though, I mean, that'll hurt. But, you know, a, a lot of teams, a lot of good teams will have kind of the, you know, the early season blemishes that Tech did against Pitt. We'll get into all of that. And, you know, I think it'll be especially interesting to look as we go on this season, like, I was on the show last week with Sheldon or whenever it was two weeks ago with Sheldon. I was like, man, that Boston college, like that sucks losing to a bottom tier ACC team at home. Like that's bad. Well, um, and look too bad. Now taking one of them is looks like it's okay. Especially since two losses run a double header. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, helps you out a, a bit here. Let's get into some of the games since then. And Chris, it started off. Sheldon, last time we were talking, he was about to head over to the VMI game. He got himself a good show. Hokies win the mid first win midweek of the year against VMI, eleven to nothing 
a dominant midweek performance we've seen across the country. Not so easy for a lot of teams in these midweeks. So, you know, Wake Forest, one of the contenders for the national title, beat by Elon last night. NC State's had some issues. Um, LSU has had even some issues. Tennessee has had issues. So really good that the Hokies continue to take care of these games. Yeah, I mean, the VMI win, I mean, Garrett Michelle hit, what, his the the team's third Grand Slam of the year. I think Carson Martini got ETSU, and then Carson Jones got um, Radford. That was really the, the big highlight of that game. Obviously, Tech could, took care of business, but VMI is better than – what they have been in years past. I mean, they beat Ole Miss. I know Ole Miss just didn't have that good. It doesn't have that good a year, but still a VMI team went down to Ole Miss and beat them. Yep. And you know, that says a lot, you know, they have a really, I would almost say just like a unique brand of baseball where they just try to get guys on base and then they try to steal almost every single runner one through nine. I think Virginia Tech did a good job of kind of neutralizing that through their two games. We'll get to their second one later. Then we talked about how important this series was going to be for Virginia Tech. Go up to Pittsburgh, you lose the series one to two. Started off with yet another close loss for the Hokies. Game one, lost four to five, or five to four. That's just how you say it. You know, Drew Hackenberg started this game. Overall for the game, okay. First couple innings, really tough especially that first inning, a lot of soft contact singles for Pittsburgh. And that's kind of how Pitt ended up winning this series is they weren't mashing the ball too much. It was just everything they hit landed on green grass. Yeah. I mean, Drew, not even the first few innings, it was just the first inning. He kind of struggled. He loaded the bases, ended up giving up three runs um, and then had the bases loaded again with no outs and ended up and Pitt didn't get any more runs out of the inning. So you know, they, they go to the from the second inning to about the sixth inning tied at three. Um, Jack Hurley, you know, hits his first inning three run homer with two outs. Um, one of the only real timely hits that Tech had, he ended up hitting a solo homer in uh, the top of the sixth or top of the seventh inning. Um, but I mean, that was that was Tech's problem is that, you know, they loaded the bases in the second inning or they, they either load the bases or they had runners in second and third, and they just couldn't come up with that timely hit with one with no outs or one out. Yeah, and I, you know, we look at Virginia Tech so far this year, I think the offensive production overall has been to what we expected it to be, maybe even a little bit above what we expected it to be. But there is still a lot of this reliance on really big innings when they've needed just one hit, need one guy, or you got a guy on second got to hit him in or you got somebody on third we need a sack fly they haven't gotten that this year and i think that has to do with one the youth of the lineup there's still a lot of young guys in this lineup and i also think has to play with guys maybe being a bit over aggressive at the plate not really taking what the pitcher's giving them kind of swinging for the fences when you don't really need to hopefully that's something they get kind of out of their system we see that a lot early season guys just trying to mash homers all the time not really working out so yeah, I, we will talk about the next game is when all that hard contact and aggressive at the plate worked out for him. Hokies win it 20-12, to 12, a football score for the second game. Offensive explosion for both teams, especially in like the, I believe it was the sixth and seventh innings for both teams had all those runs. I'm never going to complain about scoring 20 runs. 
I quite frankly, in that case, I don't care what the pitching does. Bullpen struggled a bit towards the end of the game, but overall, I'm going to take a 20 to 12 win all day. Yeah, I mean, the the weather was. I'm sure it, I didn't go, but I heard it was really really crazy up there. The reason they pitched Hackenberg on Friday versus Saturday was because um, it wasn't as windy and they thought that, you know, Griffin green gives, gives up a lot of soft contact. And, you know, when he's on the balls on the ground is going right at infielders and, you know, they didn't want the ball to get up in the air and it was super, super windy on Saturday. I think the wind gusts were up to like 40 or 50 miles an hour. Um, but that was, that was the part of the reason there. And then obviously, you know, the reason that the teams combined to score what 42 run, or 32 runs was, you know, the wind all day, Carson Jones. I mean, even on TV, like, I mean, he, he crushed his home run in the sixth or seventh inning. I wish, I wish Pitt had a track man, but unfortunately they don't, but I would have loved to know how far that ball had gone. We got to get him one. Just, <laughs> just we need to, everyone needs to pull their money together, get Pitt a track man so we can see how far Carson Jones hit that home run. Yeah. I, I think it was almost, I've used this word a bit this year, but like cathartic for the Hokies where, you feel like in these close games, things aren't going your way. It really felt like they wanted to score 30 runs that game, right? Like that felt really good. Unfortunately for the Hokies, the good times didn't last too long. The Sunday rubber match, another five to four loss. It was another game where the Hokies were up about midway through. They were up four to nothing. They just couldn't move runners around the bases that well. And they couldn't keep Pitt off, off the base pass in the last few innings. So that's a tough loss, tough way to lose a series uh, with two one-run losses. Yeah, I mean, Arguez was good for his four, or I think yeah. five-plus innings. And I, he was good. I mean, the bullpen, yes, it did struggle. But, you know, the problem that weekend was health. You didn't have Christian Worley, who hasn't mm-hmm. made an appearance since the first Miami game. Uh, Henry Weicker was hurt during that series, and so was Kiernan Higgins. And the problem for Tech was that they kind of had to put guys who had never been in that spot, like, you know, Tyler Dean, who he's an effective pitcher, but, you know, he hasn't really been in that spot this year. Um, and that's, and even though, yes, he failed, that kind of does set him up to be successful in um, situations like that, you know, either later this year or next year. I mean, we saw that a lot in 2021 when, you know, Tech blew a lot of leads and coughed up those. Um, coughed up those leads, you know, that, that set them up for, you know, 2022. But even now that they're blowing leads, they didn't do that early in 2021. They did that in later in the later portion of the season. But I think that they're doing it now, you know, it might benefit them, you know, come, you know, the last half of the season. Yeah, it does feel like I, I don't think we've talked about how the team has had a little bit of injury issue enough. Um, we'll talk about Chris Canizero, who was out. Um, for a few games there, but it does seem like the bullpen is almost is like greater than the sum of their parts. Almost when you take away some of those guys and you put guys in situations that they're maybe not perfect for is when you get some of those issues. And like, so like uh, if tech throws Christian Worley in this game, like I think they win this game, you know, yeah, sure. I think so too. If they throw Kiernan Higgins, they they might win that game. Kieran Higgins, he has shown multiple times. We'll talk about the UVA series. He can throw two innings of near perfect baseball for you out of the pen. So I don't, I don't want to be the, Oh, they were injured. That's the excuse guy. But if tech has a healthy bullpen, this might be a season, like a series sweep 
that's it was that close. So overall, it's a tough L. I think in hindsight, this will be one where you look at Virginia Tech's resume and go, that's not a great bullet point on the resume. But this is something that they can easily overcome. You avoid the sweep. You get one. It's on the road. There are plenty of opportunities for big series wins in the ACC. Yeah, I mean, like I was saying before, like I mean, a lot of those teams, they they have those series where you know they weren't they weren't healthy or they weren't good, um, and usually that kind of happens later in the season. So maybe it's a good thing for Tech that's happening now, kind of, or it happened you know a week a week and a half ago instead of you know the second to last ACC series of the year where the committee is really looking at everything that happens. Yep. Absolutely. Let's go to the next midweek game. Another game against the VMI Kidets, a nine to seven late inning win for the Hokies, a game that they were in control, in control. And then all of a sudden it got pretty hairy there at the end. Hokies though, use the long ball late in the game, three solo shots to, to win this one over VMI. Overall, you leave with a W. That's all you can ask for, right? Yeah, for a midweek. I mean, that's that's really all you're hoping to get. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter how pretty it is. Uh, you know, I mean, you're you're on an hour and a half bus ride up there. You know, you got class, you got paper earlier in the day, something something due at midnight. And I think that's a lot of what people don't take into account with baseball is that you know, yes, they're athletes, but also they're students. Um, and you know, the, that hour and a half bus ride up there, it sucks, but you know, and then also part of that game is that they were just kind of trying to get healthy for the UVA weekend. So that's why I think you, you saw Grant Umberger go his four innings and Luke Jackman threw two more. And then, um, Jonah Herney, I don't think they wanted to use Herney or Andrew Sentlinger, you know, their, their main bullpen, they're their, their main weekend guys from the bullpen. But I think in order to lock down that game, you had to use them. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, this is a thing with softball as well, but some of the girls on the softball team were in some of my classes. They talked about how difficult it was being mentally and physically prepared to play those midweek games, even some of the weekend ones, because unlike, you know, football, basketball a little bit, but you know, you're kind of traveling and playing all the time. And when you're not traveling and playing, you're preparing to travel and play. So it can be a little bit more difficult than the other sports to show up every single game. So I think for the Hokies, the fact that they've continued to do that all year is a testament to one, the, the coaching and training staff are doing the job, but also the players mentally being engaged in every game. I think that's something where we talked about the home run hammer and stuff like that, where that kind of helps because it's kind of a built-in momentum boost a built-in rallying cry for this team obviously you've already hit the home run so that's a pretty big momentum boost but it's a way to keep energy up in some of these games i think chef and, and the coaching staff have done a great job of creating that culture with virginia tech where every game is a game to get excited every game is a game to to play aggressive yeah um in, in vmi you know it was they couldn't use the hammer they didn't look extremely fired up after uh, I think Michelle hit the go ahead home in the ninth um, just because, you know, I think part of the reason for, you know, they just wanted to get out of there. I mean, VMI they're, they're really, really good at home too. They've won, even though it looks like a high school field, 
I don't know if you watched the broadcast. going on with that field? <laughs> but, I mean, they, they had won, I think, 12, 13 games at home going into it. So, I mean, they were obviously really, really good at home. Um, so, I mean, it, it, Tech easily could have gone in there and gone down, you know, four to nothing or what, and then lost eight to five or whatever. Um, I think it was good that Tech, you know, got out to the early lead. And, yeah, they coughed up the lead, but eventually came away with the win, um, especially after taking the, the bus ride up to Lexington. Yep. And good experience for young pitchers, like you said, getting them some game action in tough situations against a team that's really difficult on the base paths, which adds another element to what a pitcher has to think about. Let's move on to the big ticket topic, a series that the Hokies should not have needed any motivational speech beforehand. A series W against number five, Virginia. Chris, I'm, I put this out on Twitter it was very late night, didn't get a whole lot of traction, but is this the biggest regular season series win of John Chef's tenure? I I would say it's probably, no matter how the season finishes, it's probably the biggest win, series win of the season. I don't think it's the biggest series win of his tenure. I think you go back to the Louisville series last year. You know, Tech, it was a 5v7, I think it was. Like, Tech was the fifth best team. Louisville was number seven. Um, I think that really proved that, you know, Tech was ready to compete with the best, even though, you know, we kind of knew that all year, you know, they were they were really good. But, you know, you get a 5v7 matchup late in the year after classes end, and, you know, they take care of business on Saturday and Sunday. But maybe for momentum boosting, it might be, you know, Tech's biggest series win in his tenure. Um, just because, you know, they were scuffling, they lost, what, three straight series. And, you know, you go down in game one, you lose, you know, you go down nine, nothing, you come back and win the Saturday and Sunday game. Yeah. Let's talk about the first game, um, a nine to five loss down nine, nothing after five and a half innings. But after that, the Hokie bats really came alive. And I, I thought, you know, I don't think a team will make UVA's pitching staff look like that again this year. Um, that was really, really dominant offensive play from the Hokies. Another tough start for Drew Hackenberg. He went four innings, gave up eight hits, eight earned runs, three walks, five Ks. I I think Drew Hackenberg is immensely talented. I think he is a very, very, very good pitcher. But we've seen a couple not great performances from him lately. Is it something to worry about a little bit, or are we just saying we'll have a return to the mean here pretty soon? I think, I think it's a return to the mean. I, John Chef said after the game, he said we should have never started that game. That was my fault. It was pouring when um, Hackenberg was essentially the entire time Hackenberg was pitching. It was pouring. It was windy. You know, he you can't keep making excuses that, you know, the weather and all that, but, you know, tech's gotten it. They've gotten their fair share of bad weather. I mean, you go back to the Boston college doubleheader. I mean, that kind of throws a wrench and everything. Yeah. Same with, you know, the Miami doubleheader. Um, but I think Hackenberg, I mean, one, I think there's a better scouting report on him and that's why he's being hit around a little bit better. And then also you go and, um, you know, you pitch in the rain and in the wind, you know, you can't just nothing's really going in your favor. Yeah, I I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think I'm more worried about 
Fridays have really been tough on the Hokies, and that just kind of puts you so far behind. I think Drew, we're going to see him pitch some pretty darn good games here coming up. But you know, I think it's we got really excited about him and this pitching and these you know three starters, him, Griffin Green coming back was really exciting. But they're also going up against some of the best offenses in the country. You know, Miami and UVA together have been two of the best offenses in the country this year, and they've done it against really good competition. So, you know, I'm not worried about Virginia Tech giving up some runs to these teams. I think, and we'll talk about this a little later as well, but I would like to see the starters squeeze out one, one and a third more inning because the bullpen has been a little bit more inconsistent than what we would have liked, especially because some of those injuries and guys who are either not a hundred percent or they're coming off of an injury I think you really need to get some deeper from, from Griffin green and Drakenberg, especially who are returning starters. We need to get some, some deeper, some deeper starts. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think, I don't think, you know, the team would want to dip into its bullpen with an out or two in the fifth. They'd rather, you know, do that to either begin the sixth or begin the seventh. I think tech was given a real treat last year with one, it's offense in spotting a starter, a, three or four run lead in the first or second inning. Um, and that, you know, that, you know, that translate, uh, translates over the pitching side gives the pitcher, you know, they can work more freely. They don't have to, you know, worry about every single pitch they're throwing. Um, so I think that's part of it, but also, as I mentioned, I mean, there, there is a scouting report now on these guys, like mm-hmm. Griffin green had thrown maybe 18 innings at collegiately. Um, and then Hackenberg, you know, had never thrown a collegiate inning, you know, heading into last year. And, you know, now that Griffin threw, you know, seven innings last year and then Hackenberg through 90, I think, you know, teams can really pick up on what they're doing. Yeah. And in the last three starts for Drew Hackenberg, he's giving up almost 10 hits per start. Um, not, not the kind of pitching you expect from him, but also, you know, we all talked about that pit series. It was a lot of soft contact mm-hmm. and, the UVA series, I think they got to him a little bit more, but there was the weather. So you'd hope that, you know, he can, he can clean things up. The the game before that against Boston college, who's been a pretty good offense. He, he did fine. He went six and a third, only gave up five hits, uh, had six strikeouts to only three walks. So yeah. should expect I mean, a little uptick from him. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, the UVA, UVA's lineup, I mean, it's, it's not pretty as ridiculous. good as X was last year, but I mean, they have, they have nine dudes in that lineup. Yeah, like I mean that's that's a really good a offensive team. There's not a single out in that lineup. Like, yep. Um, you know, my other thought for this is I thought I thought Exum is a yeah. guy we've seen. Not Anton Exum, football star, but he's pitched really well this season. I've been really really impressed with him. Yeah, I mean Jacob Exum. Um, I can't, I'm blanking on where he's pitched before. Maybe pitching against Miami. Yeah, he did pitch against Miami. Um, but I mean, he threw five innings of one run ball. The only, I think the only run he gave up was in his first inning. He pitched maybe a second inning, but he pitched so well. His off speed, his off speed was, was really, really good. His slider was working so well. Um, I asked him actually after the game, uh, where he kind of, you know, he kind of has a, has a funky delivery, you know, kind of a mm-hmm. little low, not quite three quarters, maybe a little bit lower in between. I would say in between three quarters and sidearm release point. Um, he actually said he picked that up from uh, his high school coach, Billy Wagner, the uh, 
should be Hall of Famer, but um, he he pitched he he pitched really well. The you know the freshman the freshman that game played pretty well. Uh, I think Brody Donay. I don't remember if he homered, but I know he had a pretty big double in the yep. later innings. Yeah, I, I think you know that's another storyline from the beginning part of this season for Virginia Tech is how productive the freshmen have been, and that's a great sign for the program. I think for me personally, it tells me that last year wasn't a blip that they're going to continue to bring talent into this, uh, into this program, whether that be through the transfer portal with guys like Chris Cranazero or with true freshmen like Brody Donay and Jacob Exum. So really exciting stuff. Um, Exum so far this season, nine and a third innings pitched only seven hits, only three earned runs, 10 strikeouts to three walks. So pretty good stuff from him. And that includes games against, uh, uh, Miami and UVA got got roughed up by Miami a little bit, but other than that, it's been been pretty darn good. Rubber match game for the oh, well, let's talk about the game too. Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. A 12 to 10 win, a game that looked like a blowout and got really hairy at the end. Hokies were up 11 to four after four innings in this one. But UVA came back. They had four runs in the ninth and the tying run at the plate. Takeaway from this one awesome win. Love to see it. Second takeaway, you got to be shut down out of the bullpen in that situation. That was that was way too close. Yeah. I mean, they were up, what was it? Heading into the ninth, they were up by 12. They were up 12 to six. Mm-hmm. And Kurtner, Brady Kurtner had only thrown two shutout innings. So I, I understand the reason, you know, they ran him back out there, you know, see if he could shut the door, save another arm for the next day but you know kind of got hit around and maybe it's a good thing that he got hit around in his third outing or his third inning of this outing you know he he gets that out of his system you know to get hit around but you know jonah herney who you know hasn't had the greatest season up until mm-hmm. i think up until saturday um he looked good in his uh you know in his outing tying run i don't know if he was out at the plate or if it was on deck um but you know, to come in, in the situation to where, you know, you probably don't think you're going to pitch. I think that um, it was it was really good to, you know, so he could lock himself back in mentally and, you know, uh, pick up the strikeout to end the game. Yeah, I look, a win is a win. I'm going to take it. Obviously, like every team in the country would love to have a Emmanuel Clase on their roster but those don't really exist at the college game to be quite honest like not many teams have a designated closer right it's kind of closer by committee depending on who you're going up against what their style is one thing for Jonah Herney which I think we see in the next game as well is he's really good at getting soft contact like that's his that's his go-to and when you just need outs I think that's the right guy to go to we'll see that in the next game as well where the Hokies won 12 to 7 Tough start. UVA scored three runs in the top of the first, and I think just a phenomenal answer by the Hokies. They score four runs in the bottom of the first, really recaptured all that momentum from the night before, and after that, it was all Hokies. Arguez, I think, not his best stuff, but he survived. And I think when you're going up against an offense like UVA, we'll see this when they go up against Wake Forest and you know some other teams later in the season. It might not be about holding a team to one, two, or three runs. It might be about not giving up seven or eight runs. Yeah, 
I, I think, and what you need, especially in college baseball out of a Sunday guy is someone who can get you through three innings, someone who can keep you in the ball game. You're not looking for that guy to go, you know, six, seven innings of two run ball. That's not the purpose of a Sunday guy. You know, the Sunday, the Sunday guy's there. He's there to get you through the first three innings of the game before you turn it over to the bullpen. But, you know, one thing I want to add about the offense is that I think UVA had no allowed more than six runs in any of its game, any of its games heading into the, the tech series. And then they got tech put up 12 runs twice back to back days. Mm-hmm. And they put up five runs the night before, you know, I, it was, I thought it was really good from Friday that they had scored those five. They, they outscored UVA by five in the last four innings. And I think that really carried the momentum over to Saturday. And then the Saturday momentum carried over to that first inning on, on Sunday. And, you know, I think once Carson Demartini tripled home those three runs um, in the bottom of the first to tie the game at three again, that had a regional type feel, a regional type crowd. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was peak college baseball. You know, I thought that was yep. that was probably the coolest at bat. You know, aside maybe from Jack Hurley's go ahead homer, Chris uh, Canizero's homer in the uh, later innings that kind of put the game away. I thought that that was college baseball at its peak when Carson DRT tripled home three runs. Yeah, it was just the crowd was amazing for both of those games. I think that's so that shows the growth of the program, maybe even more than the results in some ways that people are caring about going to these games and selling out and being loud. I mean, it wasn't just the seats were full. It was full all the way down to the bullpen on the on the third base side and Done the you know the camera doesn't go towards the first base side too much, but from what I saw from you know pictures and stuff, there's people lined up all the way down the first baseline as well. So just an awesome atmosphere. Shout out Hokie Nation for that one, but also shout out to the players who they put together a show and they were aggressive on the Bates pass and they were swinging for power. I, I really liked how the Hokies offense ran in this UVA series. I think it was their most, I would say it was maybe the most aggressive we've seen Virginia tech and their offensive approach this year in a while still playing within themselves, right? Guys weren't swinging at sliders that were clearly, you know, off the plate guys weren't, you know, guys were looking, you're talking about baseball, like looking for your shoebox when you're at the plate, right? Like pick a shoebox somewhere in the strike zone, wait for a strike there and then go out and be aggressive on that. I think Virginia Tech did a really good job of plate discipline there. And yeah, I just over the moon at that series W first back-to-back series win against UVA since 99, 2000, I believe. Yeah. So that's, they play, they played midweeks since tech wasn't in the ACC then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think for a weekend series back-to-back, you have to go back to like 84, 85 sometime in the, the mid eighties. But I mean, I think we also have to talk about the bullpen and you know how good yeah. that was. I oh, I have Jonah, I have Jonah Herney's stats for his back-to-back games pulled up. Uh, two and two-thirds innings and only two hits mm-hmm. and one walk. I think I think he's, he's turned a corner than that. from from where he was earlier this year. I think he's turned a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, even Kieran Higgins, who I think that was his first outing since his injury. I think they was either at Miami or Pitt. Or I guess probably VMI because he started the uh, the VMI game at home. Um, I thought Higgins was good. Went two and two thirds innings, didn't allow a run. Um, and then Griffin Stig. I mean, he was 
for a freshman to come in against, you know, in-state rival. He's an in-state kid. So I'm sure he understood. I didn't get to talk to him, but I'm sure he understood kind of what the rivalry meant to, you know, tech and the crowd that was there. Um, Perfect, perfect example of Ben don't break loaded the bases up in the fourth. I think UVA was up a run or two and um, with one out, I think he, he struck out the last two guys. I mean, that was, that was a big spot for him. Um, I think, I think this weekend was a really, really good sign of that tech, you know, can turn it around and that, you know, the freshmen, they're getting experience and they're getting experience in situations they've never been in before and picking up confidence that, and experience that they'll be able to, you know, parlay that into the later half of the year. Yeah. One of those series wins that, you know, this, this could be the difference between making the tournament and not making the tournament. This could be the difference between putting the check mark of success on a season and the red X of that was not great. You know, so do I think Virginia tech is back to where they need to be? Probably not. There's a lot of work left to do against some really good teams. But this put Virginia Tech back in, in kind of the national spotlight. It put Virginia Tech back on terms of like, oh, yeah, that is a really good baseball team. Because for a while, the Virginia Tech kind of fell off. So I think this was huge um, to do it against a team in UVA that I think is going to probably end the season as one of the top teams in the nation, has a very good chance of being a top eight seed as well. Perfect. Could not have gone better for the Hokies. Because really, outside of, you know, outside of the first five innings of game one, Tech didn't only win, but they kind of dominated this series. Yeah, I mean, game uh, UVA kind of had control control of it in the middle of game three, but that's that's about it. I mean, Tech really kind of put their stamp on that series uh, after the fifth, sixth inning on Friday. All right, so then let's look at. What is, well, let's wrap up the other two weeks. Give me three things that we loved. I think they're pretty, one of them is pretty obvious. In the show notes, I just put beat UVA. I'm always, love it. I mean, it's it's great. They beat UVA. You know, you take care of your in-state rival. Um, You couldn't ask for much more, even if, you know, the team went, you know, didn't win a single ACC series. Um, the rest of the year, I think, you know, it is, you know, you're seeing, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, they're successful if they lose every single other series, but, you know, you know, you look back and you're like, okay, yeah, they took care of UVA at home. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And I, you know, it's maybe, I remember asking John Chef two years ago after the series went at Miami and I was like, does that feel it was early in the season too? And I was like, does that feel like some sort of like validation of the program you've built to go down and beat one of the most historic programs in the country, not only the ACC, beat them on the road in night games in front of a full crowd? And his response was like, no, like the validation for that doesn't really come from the results. It comes from how we work every day, it comes from the guys we continue to bring into the program and stuff like that. So, he might think that. Um, I think fans will think a little differently. <laughs> but, you know, from inside the clubhouse, the mentality isn't, we're the pesky underdogs. We need to prove everyone wrong. Oh, we won the series. That's great. We achieved our goal. For inside the clubhouse, this is, we played our 
a good team at home, but we expect to win that. I, I saw the the uh, tweet Virginia Tech put out. It was like five and two series in, against top twenty five teams in the last seven series or something like that. Like Virginia Tech is a program that wins against high level baseball now, and it's been like that for you know the past few years. So really awesome to see not only the result, but also the expectation of the result from the program. Yeah. I mean, if you take away and I get it and you don't want to make excuses for, you know, a team, but if you take away the back half of 2021, I mean, this team has kind of done nothing but win maybe, you know, the the three weeks, uh, the first three weeks of ACC series this year, you know, they didn't win as much, but I mean, they've, they've done a lot of winning in the last three years. They've kind of turned that corner from where they were, you know, pre John chef era to where, you know, everyone comes out. And I think a lot of people expected tech to win this series, especially a lot of fans and even some of the national writers that, you know, um, you know, I think, I think tech's right up there with some of the best programs that, you know, if they're at home in front of a good crowd, they're supposed to win. Yeah. And the next thing that we loved I think talking about taking care of your business, taking care of midweeks, got to do it. And I think Virginia Tech, we talked about this, done a really good job this year of just coming out with wins. That's all you need to do. My third thing that I put down that I really loved is the last few series, it had felt like that little bit of mojo and swagger wasn't really there like we saw last year and like we saw at points this year that we wanted to see. This UVA series, it felt like that was back. It felt like even in game one that the Hokies lost, there was that energy and that excitement and that, you know, Virginia Tech plays a very fun brand of baseball. And I think we saw that brand on display this weekend. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if the mojo ever left. I'm not going to speak for, you know, Tech's program, but maybe, maybe a little bit was lost when, you know, you go down to Miami, lose a couple of heartbreaking games and then you go up to pit, you know, to on back to back weekends, you lose a few, few games there. I mean, that they, I mean, it could dampen your spirits, but I know, I know tech is, is confident in themselves. You know, um, the, I don't, I don't know if they've ever gotten down on themselves or down on a teammate, but I think I think this weekend you saw kind of the resemblance of how close this team is, um, and you saw it a lot last year. That team was really close, but you know this week they it's kind of a brotherhood. I mean, I think they've gotten seventy five percent of the team to shave their heads uh, as a uh, team identity thing, um, which is the most college baseball thing of all time. <laughs> yeah. I was asking I was asking Jack Hurley about it. He's like, oh, we were at a cookout, and you know, some girl a team cookout or they were hanging out as a team and, you know, some girl just, someone suggested it and, um, you know, a girl just kind of shaved um, their heads. And I think the, they're trying to get everyone to do it. I don't know if everyone will, but <laughs> I think they're up to about 75% of the team has a shaved head. Um, and I think, I think you saw that, you know, they're, they're still playing as a team, especially this weekend. Um, they're fired up for each other. Uh, the, the, you know, the, Hey, Hey, Hey's in the dugout when someone scores a run, um, you know, they've never been gone, but they were just, I think they were a little bit louder this weekend than they were in previous weeks. But again, I don't fully know. I wasn't there. Will you be shaving your head in solidarity with the team? No. Uh, <laughs> funny us that, um, I did that during uh, quarantine and, and I guess 
that summer, like the the May, and my mom hated it, and she said um, she didn't love it when I shaved it. So, <laughs> sorry, mom. Yeah, I will not be. Um, I'll be an unbiased reporter, and um, yeah, will not shave my head. That's very brave of both of us. Big J journalism, right there. <laughs> Something that needs to improve. Obviously, there's a lot of things that could improve, um, but what's one thing that you're like? This is number one. Um, if you were talking to me. Two weeks ago, I would say, you know, hitting with guys on base, picking up that timely hit. And I get it, it's baseball. That timely hit doesn't always come. But, mm-hmm. you know, there were there were a few a few spots last year, or not last year, last week, where, you know, those timely hits came against UVA that weren't coming um, against Miami and Pitt to where, you know, they were leaving a runner or two or even three out in inning. Um, I think that was what needed to improve. And I think that's they, they were able to improve that this weekend. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe getting, you know, a better performance from the bullpen, but, you know, they're getting guys healthy. Um, or you could even argue, argue that health needs to improve. Um, and you know, that's kind of whoever draws the short stick there, but, um, War- Christian Worley, I don't know if there's a timetable for him that really wasn't specified. Uh, Ryan Kennedy, who's a talented freshman, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was dealing with an elbow injury earlier this season. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to come off of that. I'm, I'm not sure what the point is. I haven't asked about that lately, but um, I think I think health. Health was getting better, and it is getting better, but I think that might be what needs to improve for this team to, you know, win, be, to, you know have the chance to win every single uh, regular season series the rest of the year. Yep, I, I'd agree. I think when we talked about that at the very beginning of the year when doing our season preview was – this is a good pitching staff if they stay healthy. If one or two guys goes down, they lose kind of that flexibility that they've built with having a, an experienced bullpen, a talented bullpen. Um, so, yeah, need guys to get healthy. I would say my thing is still strikeouts are a little bit too much right now. Sitting at 25.4% K rate, that's not very good when a quarter of your – at pats or ending in strikeouts and look i think they did better against uva but i think uva's pitching was also they were a little bit more outside of the zone than those pitchers are normally so a lot of those a lot of those at bats were more obvious don't swing at this then you would get more of those in between pitches if that makes any sense so the, the k rate needs to go down especially with the guys on base this Virginia Tech offense is really good, but I don't think they can, you know, they they need to get guys on base. They need to move along the base paths and still struggling with that a bit. I think it is getting better, though, and I think it will get better as the season goes on. Yeah, I just want to add a, kind of a, a funny note, I guess, on Sunday. Uh, neither team had struck out until like the fourth inning. Something. And you know what triggered it? It was Evan Hughes. Phenomenal call, by the way, Evan. But he said, oh, not having been a strikeout. Next five batters all struck out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, baseball, baseball is crazy. And an and announcer's curse right there, <laughs> I guess. But I, I found that that very funny. Um, player of the week, weeks, pretty obvious one here. Jack Hurley, <laughs> ACC player of the week. He was D1 baseball's national player of the week. He was collegiate baseball's national player of the week. Um, I'm just going to throw his stat line up here for the last week. 
1.95 OPS, five home runs in five games, and 11 RBIs. Yeah. If you go back to the Pitt series, he's hit seven and seven. And I don't think, I don't know. I mean, you could argue that, you know, I guess you can make a pretty, pretty good case that, you know, his home run, the super regional against Oklahoma, you know, that brought Tech back within a run um, during the first game was probably one of the biggest, bigger swings of his life. But I think, I think that UVA homer this weekend that to put him up seven to six in the bottom of the sixth, I think that was probably one of his bigger swings of his life and probably of his tech career. Um, it reminded me a lot of, uh, I said this on the tech sideline, uh, their TSL today, the other day, um, that it reminded me exactly of Gavin Cross's homer in the seventh inning against mm-hmm. UVA during the Sunday game last season. Uh, I think that game was either tied at four, four or five, five, something like that. Um, and you know, Jack and Gavin kind of hit the same exact part of the ballpark, both kind of, you know, towards the bullpen and right field. Um, I thought, you know, it, that was probably one of, you know, his bigger swings of his life. Um, and one of the bigger swings of the season, probably a momentum shifting swing. Um, and then even Chris Canizero, um, sorry to keep going on, but, um, his, it was a three run Jack that, you know, yeah. kind of put that game away for tech um, battling a bone bruise for the past week, two or three. Um, but I thought, and Jack even said to um, Chris after he hit it, he's like, man, that was probably the, one of the biggest swings you ever had in your life. Probably the biggest. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something so cool about Chris Canizero. And when we look back at the season, it'll be really cool to, to hopefully have a sit down interview and ask him about this is like, a year ago, you're at Bucknell. No offense to Bucknell, but it's it's not ACC baseball. And here you are having this monstrous season, this all ACC caliber season, and doing it against the best teams in the country. What a what a change in in a year for him, and that's been awesome to see. Another thing I lied with Jack Hurley was um, he's been pretty good in the outfield this year as well. Um, you know. He was he was flawless this week in the outfield in some less than stellar conditions, like we talked about. So, credit to him doing it on the field and in the batter's box. Yeah, I mean Jack, Jack just played out of his mind this weekend. I mean, even go even shifting from, you know, center field to left field for the Sunday game because of where the wind was going um, okay. and where in where UVA was kind of hitting those balls in the gap. Um, Eddie Eiser. Um, I think they ruled, they ended up ruling it a hit, but he, not that he misplayed a ball, but you know, that ball kind of kept carrying and carrying in the ninth inning um, to where it kind of just bounced off the wall. But, and I think that was part of it. Or that was probably the reasoning to move Jack from center to left. Yeah. And um, they had Carson playing in center, yeah. two, which is where Car- Carson's played a lot there. He's played summer yeah. league in, in center as well. He's a really rangy outfielder. I think they feel comfortable with him there. Yeah. He put it, he had a, he had 10 putouts on, Sunday. Yep. That'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. I, I think the flexibility of Sheldon and I talked about this on the last pod as well, where, you know, Virginia tech's defense has been really good, but they haven't maybe been like, maybe been making as many stellar plays as they did last year. That kind of made the pitching numbers also look a bit better. I think though, they've been really solid overall and the outfield, especially playing a lot of these home games in less than stellar condition, it's a tough outfield to play. You know, both teams have to play the same outfield. And so I think considering the conditions, the defense has been pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm still battling allergies here in Raleigh. Um, one of the worst years for pollen on record in central North Carolina, apparently. Um, next up, speaking of central North Carolina and the RDU area, next up for the Hokies is a series at the Duke Blue Devils, a good Duke team that is going to probably be very close to the Hokies in the Coastal Division standings for the rest of the year. They're sitting at 19 and 10, 6 and 6 in the ACC, and a respectable number 50 in the RPI. Big series for the Hokies. This is going to be one that could, you know, they could do some jockeying in the standings right here. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you're in, you know, you're obviously not in must sweep territory yet um, for tech, but I think this is, this is a, a series you, you know, that you kind of have to win to, you know, keep, keep yourself away from the bubble. Um, but, you know, Duke, Duke has had, you know, kind of the same season that tech has, you know, they've, they've looked really, really good in some spots. And other times you're like, how in the world did I lose those two games? Um, but it should be a good mm-hmm. series. I think these two teams are evenly matched. Duke is a lot better than they were last year where, you know, they kind of just rolled over at the end of the season in Blacksburg. Yeah. Yeah. And look at Duke's schedule real quick for, for those who don't know. Um, they lost the series one to one to two against a really good Wake Forest team. They had an eight to one win there. Um, two to one series win against a Clemson team, not a great Clemson team, but two to one series win on the road. You always take that lost the series one to two against North Carolina. That one also on the road and then won the series two to one against Pittsburgh had a pretty, pretty bad Friday game in that one, but, but came back and played well on Saturday and Sunday. And then this midweek, a 15 to six win against top 15 Campbell. The Campbell Camels have had a really good season, especially offensively. Uh, took care of them in that one. So going to be a test for the Hokies. Uh, really cool. I I really wish they were playing at Durham Bulls Park. They are, aren't they? Um, on their schedule, it has Jack Coombs Field for all three. Oh, did they change it? That's they're supposed to be playing at Durham um, this week. I looked yesterday, and it, it said that they were supposed to be playing there. Are they not playing at the Bulls Park this schedule? No. The schedule on uh, GoDuke.com says Jack Coombs Field. Yeah, they on the Duke schedule. Maybe it's wrong. Um, on the Duke schedule earlier, I think yesterday they had that they were playing at the Bulls Park. I hope and, they are because that place is and, awesome. <laughs> and I mean, part of it might have to do with weather. Weather. Um, I know it's supposed to rain all three days down there. A lot of rain coming in, but mm. you know, it'd be nice that they played at the uh, Bulls Park because all AAA uh, stadiums have been outfitted for uh, Statcast. Yes, and um, not only that, but it's a historic park. It's yep. very cool. Uh, if you ever have a chance to go see a game there, highly, highly recommend it. Big series for the Hokies. I'm not going to put the must-win label on it, but I'm also going to put the can't lose. I think it's more of a can't lose than a must-win. We'll yeah. put it that way. There like, you if you lose this one, even one to two, you Virginia Tech is they're going to run out of games here pretty quick. Um, if you drop this series, if you win this series, even if you don't sweep it, just two to one. Now you're looking at okay, we're back on track this season a bit. A two to one series victory would put you at uh, would put you at six and nine in the ACC. Some tough games left, but also some winnable games. So you'd you'd feel pretty good about that. 
Any last thoughts, Chris? Has been awesome. Hopefully, uh, next time we have you on, we'll have more positive things to talk about. Yeah, no, I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. Appreciate it. Yep. Love this. All right, that'll do it. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all she said is, oh, I know it's what you're thinking. Please don't go to sleep Trash my friend's place. Wake up the next day. to you